Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. When today's guest first contacted me, I thought it was my alter ego playing tricks. <laughs> the geeky grandma. Well, fortunately, she spells grandma differently than I do. So I breathed a sigh of relief and agreed to meet her. Jill and I have a lot in common. The geek part is only the beginning. She's also a podcaster. Her audience is women who are empty nesters and or about to retire. And she's big on community. Now, I often say that we boomer women mostly won't be the women who change the world anymore, but we are the role models for the women who will change the world. Jill believes strongly in us older women mentoring younger women. Oh, and I think she runs as many monitors as I do. (laughs) That's a good part. Her catchphrase is the desires of your heart. Let's find out more about her heart's desires. Jill McCarthy, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. What a nice introduction. Glad to be here talking to you again, Agnes. (laughs) Okay, Jill, tell us how you became the geeky grandma. Well, let's see. Uh, Way back, my husband's in construction, and he was building a house, a brand new house for some people, and they ran out of money before the septic system. So they... uh, made a deal with them to trade their father's business computer, which they just inherited, for him to do the septic system. And I sat down for the first time, put my hands to the keyboard, and my fingers told me what to do. They just knew what to do. And ever since, it's been this just just love affair with with technology. I, I know many people our age are get afraid of it. And I understand that because I've I've tutored many of them and I can help them get over that initial I'm gonna break it kind of feeling. And I just I fell in love with it. I mean some of my first graphic things are are dot matrix printed, but they they've grown over the years and Although I was an elementary teacher, I just love the technology and my my office, even my clothing is all full of cartoon characters. So, you know, any chance I can use it to make a flyer for a retreat, anything, I I just am in seventh heaven when I do it. Well, you and I have talked before and 
I am in awe of the fact that your fingers knew what to do because I admitted to you last time we spoke that when I got my first computer, thanks to a dear friend of mine who was also a geek, she sort of turned it on, got me started somewhere and went home. And I sat there trying to figure out how to, how to turn it off because why would you press start? to shut it down. <laughs> so. Go figure, huh? Oh, dear. You know, when we first t- talked, you mentioned that you didn't necessarily have a master plan, but you've had some real successes. Where did you start in building your community? Well, as I said, I was an elementary teacher, and about 10 years in, I realized that my heart wasn't into teaching elementary students. I know that sounds horrendous, especially for a grandma, but I found that I really like talking to adult women. I taught an adult ed course. I taught technology to adult ed. And the first night I came out, I felt like Rocky. I just felt wonderful. And I watched the people, one of them was our school secretary. And the next day she was using what I taught her the night before. I just, I just fell in love with, with teaching women. And I had to do something because I had a long career ahead of me. And I started to put together women's retreat. Now my, my husband worked on race cars and I was in the house with kids. And I said, you know what? If I'm lonely and I want to get me happy, what can I do? And I was reading the beginning of it was like a New Year's time of year. And I was reading this book called The Art of the Fresh Start by Glenna Salisbury. And I mean, that's a wonderful title for the beginning of the year kind of thinking. And I went to bed and because here I'm this graphic geeky person. When I woke up the next morning, I had a trifold brochure front and back completely in my head, minus one quote that I knew exactly where it was in the book. And it was it was a gift. I mean, I believe in in us having gifts and talents, and I'm a woman of faith, so I think of them as coming from God. And I had I had missed going to a girl, little girl's overnight when I was in third grade. Now, I know that's forever ago and you ought to get over it. But that would hit my heart deep. And I really wanted to go. And I won't go into why I didn't. And some pastor listened to me about that. And she did a sample retreat. And then the next year, I did a retreat. And I just fell in love with them. It's just like... All the combination of skills I had had been all coming together towards that end. And it just it just touched me and fills me in like nothing else does. So I, what I'm hearing then, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the geeky grandma is like the end result. Like your life has been building to this. Right, right. And that 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 fits along with the topic. I will, we're going to be doing a retreat in May, and that's called The Path and the Dream. And the path, we hear people talking about they're on a journey. And we also hear people, I call it the heart's desire. Some people call it a purpose. Sometimes you could call it a ministry or something you're aiming for. But it's the whole thing to me it's not this one's more important or the other one's more important it's who we become in the journey on that path in order to be able to do 
whatever that end product is. And I became honed into us, started with small groups. We slept on pews at church. I did that for 10 retreats and then I had to finish my career. So I had a pension so I can play around now. And uh, that it took a while to build up my online community, but many of my local friends came on it, relatives came on it. But then I started, I had to build up my internet community so I could start doing virtual things or again, do retreat things. And now we're doing it in our family camp, but we're looking for the next, where do we go next to get a little bigger. And, you know, it's just one, one thing you, you meet, you meet somebody on your podcast next thing, you know, you're on their podcast. What can I say? (laughs) That's a little tip for our listeners that I've already been interviewed by Jill. (laughs) So I really like the way that it's become your path or shall I say your path almost created itself by the sounds of it uh, yeah I I was a person I you know I have to met I've been in therapy forever I think I just got released which is really amazing <laughs> but you know I think our generation had to learn a lot of things because the generation before us didn't get the emotional side of things and now we had to teach our children that and, you know, we just, for a while, it felt like I was taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. And then I realized, oh, I got to start giving this back because I, I don't have room to hold anymore. And then that I found out that was as, as fulfilling as, as filling up. And I learned how to, I guess the point, I kind of got lost in the shuffle on that question, but I learned to listen to my body. I I called my left ear my God ear, and you get quiet to hear that still small voice. Uh, okay, here's the title for that next retreat. Here's the activity for that next retreat. And I just learned to get quiet, and I've practiced it long enough, learned not to fight it, <laughs> and and just let it take me where it goes. And the more I listen, the more information I get, and and it gets easier to to trust what you're hearing and and to just go with it and and uh you know let go of that control thing because it doesn't work very well anyway so <laughs> i'm still learning that <laughs> <laughs> i think what i find so inspiring about your story is just that so much of it many of us women of this age can identify with but you know when we think about something next or bigger or whatever we tend to look out there (laughs) I'm using my arms as if people can see me (laughs) whereas you took what was already in your life and sort of developed it with within your your sphere as your sphere grew and uh, developed yeah I I was somebody that actually had a a developmental attachment wound and that some things didn't grow in me the way emotionally the way they're supposed to. And that's taken a lot of work for me to repair it. But I've I've done it along the way. And part of that was knowing what what things that I like. One of my first retreats, I had a box of pencils. Now, as an elementary teacher with a little school store down the the hallway for me I got a whole bunch of different kind of pencils and I took them around to the women our ages 
And I says, don't just grab in the box and take any old thing. And don't grab in the box and say, my grandson would like this or my nephew would like that. I want you to pick out one that really catches your eye. And I don't want you to let anybody else use it. And a year from now, I'm going to ask you where that pencil is. So they really had to find which thing that they liked. And and I did ask them a year later at the next retreat, where's that pencil? Or they'd come back with it. And that's important. Like I, I just, before I came here, my husband asked me to go to the diner with him and, and one of our sons. And I'm looking at my watch like crazy, but I went and he heard me giving the order, my order to the, to the waitress. And he was surprised. I knew what I wanted and I knew what I didn't want because I've taken the time to learn that thing. And I've learned how to train women to find what they like, that what they like is inside of them. And I just need to remind them that it's okay to admit it. It's okay to look for it. And if you don't know, experiment and find out. Every once in a while as I'm interviewing somebody or chatting with somebody you know, on a podcast, I'm thinking, oh, I hope the listeners listen, you know, again to this and to get something else. And every time you open your mouth, it's like your message is perhaps subtle, but it's just there because at this stage of life, so often we have been daughters, we have been wives, we have been mothers, we've been employees, and we've lost touch with ourselves. And yet you seem to have been, again, developing, or not not even maybe developing, but not letting go of the fact that you are an entity unto yourself, unrelated to the other roles that you have. And right. uh, yeah, that's a great message to. Well, and and I I came to that place kind of the hard way. At one point, uh, a therapist said that I was enmeshed with my mother, which means you don't know where you stop and where she starts. If you're a pleaser, you're always trying to please the other person. Well, you know, I love my mother dearly, and this is not against her. This just was my path and what I had to learn. I had to find out what I liked. I had to find out. We'd go school shopping. My mother, her, her husband loved her. In navy blue. My husband hates navy blue. If I go shopping and I'm trying to please both of those people, all I'm going to do is pull my hair out because I can't do it. It is impossible. The next year, I went alone and I picked out something I liked that looked good on me. It wasn't frustrating. It was brown, not blue. And it was okay. And, you know, and it's kind of sometimes we need that permission to say it's okay. We don't really, but sometimes it helps us to try that path. And um, I, I've learned it all, all the hard, longest way around. But that gives me so much information to share with other women. I like that story because I know personally, clothes shopping, I will never go with someone else. Because if it's not, like, I don't, I don't want to listen to them. I want to listen to myself. And 
I also don't want to be looking at the clock, <laughs> you know, right. because someone else has maybe got a, you know, their own, uh, they've got their own taste about what you should look like or what looks good on you, but also they might be watching the watch as well and just sort of trying to, trying to get through. So yeah, I can really see, you know, clothes shopping should be for you and me, at least uh, by ourselves. Yeah. 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 And that's, that, that's way. You know, I've I've spent forever. I I couldn't tell you how many gigabytes of old webinars I have on my computer. I I figured it out one time on uh, on iTunes. I had enough webinar enough items on that that I could play it for a whole month round the clock, and never play the same song twice. So you know that's that's a lot of information, and you gotta you gotta and employed in your life if you're going to go anywhere with that but that that's a lot of lot of learning i love learning that turns me on you know you could say it's because i'm a teacher i don't believe that it's just because i like to learn that's all but then i also it comes very naturally to pour it out and to say it i can take all of that and condense it down and say it in a way that that people who don't want to listen for 50 hours can grasp the important points, the parts that fit their life. And I get excited from what I learned. They get enough for what they want. And we both go home a little happier. Well, here's a tip from one geeky grandma to another. Things are changing and developing so fast now that I go through my file of webinars and trainings and all the rest of it and once it's two years old it's like delete <laughs> because somebody's <laughs> doing something you know better you know quicker or whatever <laughs> I, I i hear you i i am just coming to the point where things in my house it's time to let go like that there's a time to gather and there's a time to scatter but you know it's funny because they used to be so rare i would listen to them over and over and over again and and now they come so fast they don't even give you a link unless you you know pay for it but you know that's just the way business goes i guess so now last time we spoke you talked about we had a little tech glitch there um i had uh, asked you about what i had heard in my brain was email and pen pals together as epails but it's actually epals tell yeah. us about your epals please well one night I was kind of missing doing something with a group of women and I came up with the idea of starting a new group and I called it ePals after the old days when we used to do pen pals and wrote snail mail to each other. And um, I posted it in another group and 24 ladies just flocked right towards it. I couldn't believe how they just came over in no time. And um, so I, I, threw out a little questionnaire, what are your interests? And I matched those people up. Some wanted physical mail, some wanted email. And uh, they started writing to each other, which sounds like a fantastic idea. But when you're monitoring a site, you had no idea who actually wrote and who didn't. So it still was pretty lonely there. But as I as I talked to the women involved in it and interested in the general idea, they said, well, why don't you start a women's group? 
So I ended up eventually abandoning that group, and that was the birth of my what's now the Empowering Women's Group. We've gone through a few name changes over the years, but um, and the rest is history. Some of them are my local friends. Some of them are people that have been to events over the years with me. Some are from school. Some are from family. Some are from the internet or anywhere else in the world. And and that that's it's the loyalist solid group of people i don't have the hugest number but i don't also have much that people disappear from it they're very regular and i just kind of use memes because with podcasting there's only so much time you can do things but i tell tell them with a funny thing in the morning good morning and something good night if you have a widowed lady just have somebody tell them good night how was your day i see you that's a big thing and, you know, I, I put out, I take memes from other women and I belong to so many groups, I can't tell you. And they keep sending me badges for being the most, of replying the most to anybody else in their group. But, but because I pull in from such a wide variety, I'm bringing lots of different things into my ladies to listen to or to read. So. Things sound so simple. <laughs> and as I say, we're so busy looking out there for good ideas that we yeah. forget that we probably have this whole yeah. untapped community, shall we say, right, well, right now. I'm a, a digital artist. And for a while, when I was building my business and didn't know quite where to go, I would take every day and create a new meme. It might take me two or three days. And and I liked doing it, and I had the ideas, but it just took so much time. And I was learning how to send a, through Mailchimp, how to send email, and I was just learning so much, but I couldn't do it all. So I kind of abandoned that, and right now I'm pulling in the ideas because that I can do and kind of keep things a little more balanced. So, yeah. Holy crow! Okay, tell us about your podcast. Because that okay. is something I certainly identify with. <laughs> well, you know, I say the geeky kind of tongue in cheek. As we get more to our age, eh, we're tough enough that we can poke a little fun at ourselves. But anybody who really knows me, like my brothers or my husband, they would say that I was geeky. I'm the tech person. You know, if I need my car fixed, I tell my husband. If he needs his computer fixed, he tells me. You know, so it's just, it's a role I fit into. And uh, I am a grandma. I have six grandchildren from 18 down to two. It's quite a, there's a big 10 year span that one girl got all the attention, but that's okay. And uh, I I was talking to my, my group and I put out a questionnaire. I says, I want to start it and I want the name to make sense. And uh, one of my clients I uh, when I was first talking to her, her name was, let's say, Mary Jane Smith. And I just replied to her, Mary Jane, this this, you know, tell me more about what's going on. She says, that's what my grandma calls me. So I said, well, if I sound like a grandma and I am a grandma, why not call myself a grandma? Because along with that comes wisdom i think of kind of like the native americans who you know like the elders or the shaman are 
the older and wiser in the community. And I liked the way that felt. And I had taken a spiritual gifts test one time and mine came up with exhortation, which means you're compelled to speak. And another word way people say it is encouraging. And that's what my people said. They I asked, what do you get from me? Why do you keep coming back every day? And they said, we get encouraging. And I says, yeah, I guess I've got a soft voice. And you said, I'm just thinking this sounds so easy. Well, it's just, I'm not the loud, boisterous person. This is who I am. This is the way I talk. It's kind of soft, kind of gentle. But a grandma wouldn't let you get away with murder. She'd give you a little old nudge to, you know, get your gear, self in gear and, and get at it. And so I thought that's a, that's a good title for, for who I am. So, and, and I, and I wanted to help older women that have given so much of their life for everybody else. I want them, this is a, we have a bonus time with this older period in life. Our parents didn't always get this. And if they did, they may not have been in good enough health to enjoy it. And we, if we kept going at retirement, we still got the viability to, to go on. And, and I want, as long as they still have breath in them and have a desire in their heart to go for it. Okay. So maybe you won't be a Rockettes dancer, but who says you can't take a dance class? I know somebody that learned how to tap dance while they were sitting in a chair you know, do as much of it as you can so so that you have had your turn while you're here. Okay, you just gave us a tip there, but I'm going to back up the bus just a wee bit because you've told us about your podcast. Give us the full name of your podcast. The name of my podcast is The Geeky Grandma with an Encouraging Nudge. There we go. Okay, just in case someone wants to... I'll share. Oh, it's okay. I'll share my listeners. <laughs> okay. You just finished talking about the desires of your heart. And I've seen that in a couple of things that you've written. Talk to us about that. Well, I told you the story behind my first retreat and how the the trifold brochure just kind of appeared in my head. And I originally started my retreats, held them physically in the church, and that had a, a stronger spiritual connection with it. And usually a, a verse or a phrase or a word pops up in my head, and that's what we base, like for the theme of the whole retreat, even our food we base around the, the theme. And the verse that came to my head for that one, I believe it's Psalm 37, verse 3 or 4. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And if we spend our life listening and trying to do what we feel like we've been called to do, then it says he will give us the desires of our heart. You know, I, I, with my feelings, my, my faith, I feel like he's not only does he give us the desire, he gives us the desire and what that desire like manifests, I guess you would call it. And when I'm doing something on the computer, I'm both right brain down to left brain. And I'm working on there in the tech and in the creative. I'm in seventh heaven. I was built that way to love both of them at the same time. 
And that that just gives, I mean, when I'm working with women, you don't have to twist my arm to do it. I love doing it. And it makes me feel so good. And they it makes them feel good. So, you know, like, what's the problem? This is wonderful. And so it's it that those words have stuck with me through other retreats, even though they may have not been the original themes. They just that just keeps following me. And I like the way it feels uh, when you have a soft voice. I want to listen to your heart. I want to touch your heart. And if God can use me to do that, then then I'm happy to, to avail to that. Oh, it sounds so good. So what sort of an encouraging nudge or what does it look like if a woman comes to you and says, the children are grown and gone, retirement's in the crosshairs, and I don't have a clue what's next? You know, how, you, how do you help them find the desire well, of their heart? One, one thing I would really love to get somebody before they retired, like that they a good year ahead so they can build towards it. But that doesn't usually happen because if it did happen, I would have, if I got access to them sooner, I would just help them to slow down a minute. Okay. And for one minute, help them to set the kids and the hubbies aside, you know, looks like on a shelf next to you. What was it that you liked to do when you were six years old? When I was six years old, I liked, I could barely read, but I could get the book and I could draw pictures and I could write the words out. I was writing a book when I was six. Okay. So it was plagiarism all over the place, but you learn by, by my mimicking something. And what did you like when you were little? Did you always want to be around horses? Do you like outside? Do you like music? Do you like being around a crowd? Do you want to be alone? And because I've gone through that process of figuring out what I like, I can walk them through that process. And then I, once they get an idea, you got to tell them it's okay for you to have an idea. It's okay for you to do something. And you're going to get a little pushback that's like, oh, what will my husband say? Or I'm just divorced. I can't do anything. And walk them through that. Just listen to them. When I was a teacher, I taught second grade for 20 years. You know, if I had a student that came to me that could only read on a first kindergarten level, which basically meant they knew their alphabet, I couldn't say this is a second grade letter, you know, lots of, and this is what you got to do today because they weren't ready for it. So I had to go wherever they were and bring them from there, however far I could. And I do the same thing with women. I, you know, if you're there, you need, maybe you need permission. Maybe you need to explore. Maybe it's more of a relationship that's holding you down. And then I gently feed them possibilities. Okay. You like gardening. So, you know, how far do you, do you take that? Do you have a huge one at your house? Do you want to take plants to the state fair? You know, do you, do you want to develop a new seed? I don't know what, what, what lights you up, but we can work through it. And sometimes you have to build them into it gradually. And once they see they really do have some sort of a talent, some sort of a skill, then you can nudge them along a little further. Um, I, I had a lady that used to tell me I, there was a, a verse I had heard one time about stepping in the shallow water and then the, 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 the mentor kept nudging them and nudging them out into deeper and deeper water. But 
the mentor knew they were ready for it. They had prepared them. They had shown them. And when they were ready, they pushed them just enough out of that comfort zone, just like a mother bird does when it's time to 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 push the baby out of the nest. Yeah, they might have to swoop down and catch them, but they knew they were ready. Do you often find that sometimes somebody just needs, it's almost like they need permission? Oh, I, I think that's one of the biggest hangups. I know I was kind of one of those those people, but um, I so I get it. So I don't, I don't belittle anyone for needing that. If that's where you are, that's where you are. And uh, I think I think our generation really needed it because think about it. When we were little kids, it was you should be seen and not heard. You know, you needed permission. I remember in school one day I went to get something from the school secretary. You know, like a box of paper clips, and I'm standing there in front of her because there were five other people ahead of me and they all got done and she's back down to her work and I'm still standing here. I'm waiting for her to ask me, what do you need? And, you know, I was a full grown adult. I'd had my family. I certainly was capable of sounding those words out, but that's something that a mindset that it's in there really deep and it's been going on for generations. You watch an old movie. They don't even let the younger ladies talk and heaven forbid if they have a dream or a vision for their life, they laughed at it. I I've seen it. It makes, it makes my heart hurt to watch it, but every generation takes us a little further. As you're saying that I was thinking about, you know, on several occasions, I know I've come home and thought I should have done this or I should have said that. And I think that's maybe an example right there. If, if if you've ever had that thought of maybe you do need permission and find the right person and go for it, you know, because we shouldn't yeah. always be silent and, and out, of, out of sight. Yeah. We also need to be gentle with ourselves because it's too easy. Too many of our blows have been internal ones towards ourselves, beating ourselves up for not going further or speaking up sooner. I I really believe in the phrase, you know, you were doing the best you knew how at that point in time. And and that goes for our parents or our teachers or, or anyone else. And uh, it's a little easier living with that grace than it is to, to, to bludgeon yourself. So, I had a friend a long time ago who used to say that a bad decision, because you look back on something and say, oh, that was a bad decision. But he framed it as at that moment, it was the best available data. So yeah. And so that takes the badness out of it. It was the, tr the right, the right it, decision given the best, the best available data. But I think the other word that I, that I hear in that phrase is the lesson. It was a lesson. Did it may have been what you're calling bad, but did you learn from it? Will you go forward different because of it? Then, then it was worth it. Yeah, it may take a while for consequences to wear through the cycle, but now you're going through in a wiser way. Yeah. Okay, so you, you mentioned that you got started with your retreats and you were literally sleeping on church pews. But a few minutes ago, you said something about a virtual retreat. So, so what is a virtual retreat? 
Well, actually, the last couple of years, I've been doing what I call a hybrid retreat. People, I guess your people can't see me, but I have a picture behind me of what it looks like looking out our camp's front door at this beautiful water scene. And our camp, it's uh, actually my husband and my brother-in-law's deer camp. And it does sleep quite a few, but not a humongous amount. So we can only have so many people come to the retreat in person. But we started doing speakers through Zoom that came in and did like an hour lesson. And we last year, we started to do uh, retreat participants through Zoom. And so we were learning from them and with them in in person. And I'm a kinesthetic learner, which means I learn a lot through touch. So the particular lessons that I teach have a lot of hands-on and have physical materials that I teach the concepts through. So I mail them, snail mail them a package with the activities that I'm doing so that they have them at their house in time for the retreat. And then they can work with us virtually while we're sitting. We set the laptop right up on the table and they're on the Zoom screen and we're on the table and we're all getting the lesson together. And we can even learn from each other as, you know, as we make comments. Hmm. So you, you've got a virtual retreat coming up to you? We have a hybrid retreat. There's going to be a physical retreat at at our family's camp, and that'll only hold so many people. So some of the people will come. The people say, like, if somebody from England wanted to join the retreat, they could because we just give them a Zoom link and turn on the Zoom and they can join us if they want to eat dinner with us. Of course, you know, they're at their house and we're at our house, but we can still break bread together. And and that's what we did last year. We had a, a gal from Florida and one from uh, Massachusetts, no, New Hampshire. And they were online with us. And we had a gal from Delaware who did one of the lessons for us. And, you know, so you don't have, it gives you a broader batch of people that you can bring in to interact together and to learn from. And you're in mid-state New York, is that correct? Yes, I call it Central New York. And if anybody comes on uh, my podcast, The Geeky Grandma with an Encouraging Nudge podcast, um, (laughs) if anybody comes on it, that's one of the things I say in the front of it, because uh, if you've ever say you're from New York, everybody assumes it's the city. And that's about six hours from me. And I live in the country and have all kinds of space and room around me. So um, it's smack dab in the middle of the state. So, Well, I will vouch for the background because that was the first thing I commented on when we went on Zoom this after this morning is uh, how beautiful it is. It just looks so peaceful. And uh, yeah, it's it's a Y in the river. There's a channel that goes to the left of us, one that goes to the right of us and one that goes right out in the middle of us. So it's a, and we're on the corner lot for this why. So it's, it's, it's very, very quiet and very peaceful. Oh, sounds fabulous. Okay. So if somebody's interested in the retreat, either physical or virtual, how how do they find out more? Well, the, the fastest way it would be, they can either message me, Jill McCarthy through Facebook, or my email address is, I'll go slow, M M. C C 
A-R, the numeral one, at twcny.rr.com. And for anybody who didn't have one of your fancy pencils, that'll definitely be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're we're just now starting to send out more the flyers and the information on it, so it'd really be good timing. And I I like to have everybody signed up by May first, so I don't know for sure when this is going out. The the, the retreat is May nineteenth and twentieth. So if you're interested, get right out to me, and I could get more information. I could even comp on a call if if you needed more. So. That's great. Okay, and you're you're on social media. Are you yes, not? I'm. I'm on under Jill McCarthy. That's my main page. I've got the Empowering Women on Instagram. I'm the underlying geeky underlying grandma. I'm also Jill McCarthy on LinkedIn and Empowering Women on Pins. Uh, Pinterest. So all all of those things. And, and whenever I post something, I usually post it to all of them. So whichever way you come in, you, you get the information. Oh, that's great. Okay. Before we wrap any messages for mid-age women who are just trying to figure out what's next. I say be gentle with yourself, but also be persistent that I don't want you beating yourself up, but I don't want you to give up either. So there's that little nudge because, you know, I may not be the best drawer with a digital or otherwise, but I'm really good at fixing it up and changing all the little <laughs> pixels around it. And like, I've got the patience, I've got the time to see it through. And that's what I want you to do is see it through whatever it is that you're interested in or excited about. There you go. Good way to end. Okay. Um, links will be show notes, all the links to your social media. They're also in your bio on our website. Yes. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening, or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. For early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom with a Bang. Share this episode with your women friends. We are a large demographic with a lot of experience and wisdom to share. This time of life is often the opportunity to be you, finally. Find or create, as Jill has just given us so many examples, um, the community you want to be a part of as you grow older, and together find the mission that will sustain you. If you struggle with that, reach out to Jill or me or another mentor who can get you going. Just do it. Jill McCarthy, thank you for being my guest today and sharing your journey and your mission with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have a great rest of week. Bye-bye.